Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. We're upbringing. Thanks for joining us live at five-ish to talk about how we can parent for sanity and social change one conversation at a time. Yes, our spirited kids are calling us in, asking us to align better and make sure that we are in our discipline moments in those hardest moments with our spirited kids. Is everything okay? Mm, doesn't feel like it's picking it up. Hmm. It's um, like um, making again, sure maybe. that we are. Parenting, yeah, that's weird. Um, Parenting for sanity and social change. Interrupting cycles of the cultural conditioning, right? Um, That white patriarchy is 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 getting their hands in there on our discipline moments. Mm -hmm. Are we interrupting that shit or are we perpetuating it? That's our question. But it's gonna be fun. We're gonna talk about (laughs) all the all the ways that um, we're struggling. But it's natural. It's normal. We're all in this together. Um, We're here with you. Mm-hmm. Hannah is checking in on our mics for recording this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It looks like there's... I'm not seeing these tested. There's been a little boop, boop, boop. Do you want me to look at mine? Yeah. All of a sudden, it doesn't seem like it's working. I thought we kind of checked these out ahead of time. Yeah. But and as we're recording, they're not working. If this doesn't work, um, Alex can pull it for the podcast. Mine didn't look like it was on at all. So now it looks good. <laughs> you don't go away everyone what are we asking everyone people. to do right now everyone's okay, blowing in everyone type us a little note what are you going through what's so hard what's the worst in uh in discipline moments with our kids where we just want to like ah oh, lean on that control-based toolbox consequences on my terms now threats rewards overpower lectures spanking Time All that out. fun stuff, right? All the things that we've been um, just handed. It's like, new parent, here you go. Here's all your trauma in a little little toolbox. Um, and good luck with that. Mm-hmm. So what we're here to do is to uh, break some of those cycles, to build our awareness, build our skills, help our kids grow in a way that doesn't polarize us, that doesn't create humans who are going to be perpetuating cycles of control um, of abuse of power. That's what we're here for. How's everyone doing? What's the hardest for you right now? What's going on, everybody? We're <clears> tired, <throat> ladies. We're, so we're tired. hanging on by a Why thread. Why are we doing these at five-ish? We might be so doing tired. them at like two-ish. Also so happy to be here. Just like feeling connected to everyone who's going through these things and who's doing this work, who's saying, I want to parent a different way. Okay, how's that way again? 
What do we want to do again? What do we want to say again? Yeah. That's what we're here to talk about is powers beyond control. What can we be doing? How can we be showing up in a way that's mm -hmm. more aligned with how we roll as people? Yeah. It's more progressive. That's less patriarchal, mm -hmm. right? It's more respectful. It's less racist, right? Yeah. All of these things are power that we show up in when the shit hits the fan with our kids, mm -hmm. we're teaching them about power. That's what they're learning it through our discipline. I know it's so easy for, for us to think, no, they're just learning. Don't hit the dog or don't run away across the street or do your homework or right. don't steal the iPad. They're not just learning those things. They're learning by the way that we right. quote unquote teach or discipline. Somebody says, you said recently on Coffee and Co-Sleeping Podcast that you miss having toddlers. So you mean this gets harder? <laughs> a bunch of uh, nervous face emojis. Mom of a three and a half, or three year old and five month old. Oh man, I mean, we always say that we're, we're all growing up together and we're growing up with our kids. Mm -hmm. we're choosing a new way of going about our day-to-day -day challenges, going about our discipline practices mm -hmm. is calling us to build skills if we want to teach skills, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the idea of saying, wow, <clears throat> we miss the toddlers. We miss the babies like so much because just they're cherubic. There's so many things that are just they're 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 just so particular to that time and place. And so we miss those. Things. Honestly, for me, it's when I had kids that age, it was easier for me to believe that they were always doing their best mm -hmm. and they were just a baby just mm -hmm. doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And the older a kid gets, the harder it becomes to look at them with those yeah. same eyes and say, they're five, they're eight, they're 12. They're yeah. still doing their best with the skills they have based on the needs that they have. Jesus, I'm doing my best with the skills I, I have. And you're like, like 50. 50. I, am. I don't I'm know how old I am. I lost track. <laughs> but um, we're all doing the best we can, right? Yeah, and but, we have to keep remembering that yeah. with our kids and trick us, right? Mm -hmm. With their stronger vocabularies and cool hair things they have in mm -hmm. and like, uh, ability to put their shoes the on way and they like go, be some, cool. Someone said, uh, my child is a master manipulator. Who said that? Yeah, in here? Down what was here. that? Yeah. Said, An uh, extreme negotiator, ooh. which is like, wow, like those That's skills great. that our kids are building, they trick us into thinking that our kids have all the other skills around it. They're negotiating better, get their needs met. That should be like, oh my gosh, way to <laughs> go. Awesome. <laughs> they are smart. They are finding new ways to get those needs met. Right? Yeah, this person says, my kid negotiates and loses it when we try to hold boundaries. Also, what do we do when they outright ignore you? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, negotiating is a superpower. Mm -hmm. We're all working on it. And I think that it does take us by surprise when our kids use it back on us. We're like, what? <laughs> You're negotiating with me? You're giving we, me a consequence? What? We got to respect that. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's okay. Times that our kids lose it when we hold a boundary. If we can uphold a boundary warmly, if before we uphold a boundary, we can give information so they know that that thing's going to happen. Like screen time, we're going to watch one episode. Cool. We're agreed, right? right? Cool. Let's shake hands. Okay. We're doing okay. And then they can't uphold it. Not won't. Can't. The, mm -hmm. the show ends. They throw a huge fit. They're right. struggling to um, reconcile. They're wanting to watch more with the fact that you guys agreed you wouldn't. And that's okay. It's normal. We don't have to punish the fact that our kids... Um, struggle with a, with a boundary or a limit, right? Mm -hmm. They're just doing their best all the time. Yep. I'm going to keep coming around to that. I just think that it's a beautiful thing when our kid is negotiating mm -hmm. with us because they're not just saying no anymore. Yeah. And they're actually, that means they're building skills in, in judgment and understanding and communication and all of these things. And that always calls me to say, is this something I can negotiate with them in a way for them to find a way through it and maybe get something that they want? Because mm -hmm. I want them to know how to go negotiate for their needs ultimately when they grow up, right? Totally. I don't just want them to be like, well, that's the man, the powers that be. They got more control and authority and power. So I'm just going to do that. I guess I'll just keep typing here in this computer. Mm -hmm. or I guess I'll just keep getting my ass slapped, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want them to do that. We want them to have personal agency, right? Mm -hmm. And authority to say, I can renegotiate this situation. So we want to honor that impulse, right? Yeah. And then, but as you said, the times when you can't honor that impulse, you can honor it but when you can't actually let them, uh, get their way in that way. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Just yeah. welcome all the feelings. Someone else said, this. my three-year-old laughs uncontrollably when we try to hold a boundary. It's so frustrating. <laughs> Help. Let them laugh. <laughs> Sounds like a trigger. Let them laugh. For you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so laughing is, um, a form of discomfort, of discomfort of stress, just like yeah. screaming is just like whining is. I think that oftentimes we're like, 
okay, my kid, when they're uncomfortable, they need to cry, just like when they were a baby. But that's oh, not they're how kids... crying, and I'm just going to hold them. I'm going to give them some milk. I'm going right. to um, help them to sleep with a pacifier. And then it comes out in other ways. They're laughing. Right. They're testing us. They're, they're doing, doing all these, these strange things. things that seem very wayward and sideways and upside down. We have to keep remembering all of the things are stress behavior. And they're our kids expressing themselves to say, I'm stressed and I'm trying to meet a need and I'm struggling. But doesn't it seem so like evil supervillain? Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> Dude, it's like this is a whole other level yeah. of sinister. Especially if they get like the eyebrow raise uh -huh. or like the big smile. The scary cackle. Yeah. Terrifying. Someone said uh, they're struggling with being regulated themselves during their kids' insomnia. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's a really hard place to feel pushed to that level of, of trying to support them, but then feeling hijacked and taken yeah. hostage. I get that. Hopefully you can get some breaks if there's someone to give you some relief. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, setting a boundary is okay in those moments where you're doing some small fading techniques about the sleep and insomnia mm -hmm. and saying, I'm going to go stretch really quick, or I'm going to go lie down by the door, or um, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'll come right back and creating a little bit of, of space. Or you know, just letting it go and being like, I'm going to camp out here while this insomnia situation is happening. We're never watching that show again. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Kelty's um, okay. checking in with her daughter. Someone said, can you talk a little about the differences between sensitive and spirited? I think my three-year-old is half and half. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I would say sensitive and spirited ab absolutely intersect. It's like the dream combo, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we can, uh, we can relate. I think that sensitive and spirited, the, the root cause, the um, shared word is nervous system. Mm -hmm. I think that that is the name of the game with sensitive and spirited kids. They're either feeling too sensitive or so just about something or they're getting like, kind of diving into it, right? They're either needing sensory um, like input. input or they're sensory sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. And so everybody's body is either, they're trying to get that balance and that like equilibrium, a, yeah. right? And so they're saying, oh, I need more stimulation or I need less stimulation. So for example, them saying, I need to move my body more and climb more or them saying this song, this sound is too loud, right? Mm -hmm. So a sensitive kid might say this sound is too loud. Mm -hmm. A spirited kid might say, I need more sensory input yeah. and I'm climbing. We talk a lot about spirited kids though and how most of them are sensitive. Yeah. So I think the equation that we, that we've, um, kind of learned and read about and we would love to hear other people's, yeah. uh, opinions on this is that sensitive kids aren't always spirited, but spirited kids are pretty much always sensitive. Yeah. Right. I like so that. you yeah. probably have a spirited kid if you are feeling spirited and sensitive vibes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a lot, a lot yeah. to support. And I think that, that we usually just try to give the advice um, that we're trying to take on the daily, which is to meet our kid where they are. Mm -hmm. And to know, like you said, Hannah, that they are dealing with a nervous system that is more sensitive, mm -hmm. right? And a spirit that is fucking fierce mm -hmm. and amazing and needs to be respected and not as a permissive parent, but as a parent who can be firm, but loving and kind and warm and maybe has to up their game a little bit in terms of giving agency, giving choices, giving information, giving connection in a way that um, a child who has a little bit of more quote unquote easier temperament mm -hmm. doesn't require. They kind mm -hmm. of go with the flow. They're more flexible. You can be like, hey, right. we're going to Target. And they're like, cool, throw me in the car. <laughs> or you're like, actually, we're not having uh, bacon for breakfast. We're having pancakes. And they're like, that sounds amazing, too. Um, and a spirited, sensitive kid would be like, B -b -b what? What? <laughs> Excuse me? And that is the brilliance and the amazingness of a sensitive and or spirited kid is they're, they're in tune. Mm -hmm. And we want to keep them tuning into mm -hmm. that and not tuning out. Well, and so I right? think that's why you and I say spirited. I think oftentimes they, uh, folks and like the, um, w folks we hear about, they say sensitive or strong will. Mm -hmm. And I think that that middle thing is about spirit. It's about a, a spirit that says, I know what I'm needing and I'm, and I'm sharing that as often as possible. And there's something really beautiful about that. And that's not something we want to, um, extinguish, right? The spirit is something we want to be nurturing, right? We yeah. don't want it to like burn the house down. <laughs> we want to be figuring it out and finding ways to work mm -hmm. with it, not How against it. How can we it. kind of safely fan that flame, yeah. right? Exactly. Fan that flame, yeah. yeah. But we like to clap when people say they have a spirited kid. We're like, 
Yes. Done. Lucky you. Lucky you. You won something. You、yes. won a kid who gives a shit、mm-hmm. about themselves and about、yes. justice and about so many other things. And how can we work with that and not、mm-hmm. against it? How can we make those superpowers and not flaws?、Mm-hmm. The way we look at it is、yeah. everything. She says that makes so much sense. I took.、Um, I took my half and half to her first theater show yesterday, and she loved it. I was simultaneously captivated,、um, but then saying it's so noisy. There's lights everywhere. Yeah, oh, that's such a big deal, and that's such good information. I think it's so easy for us to think, well, when my kid is a baby, I'm absolutely on top of their nervous system, right? I'm like. If they start crying, I'm there to, to、oh, soothe their nervous system. They flinch. They flinch. I gotta, I gotta put the、It's、the blinders up. Oh,、yeah. I gotta lower the light a little bit. Like all of these things, we're we're serving our child's nervous system. We're、As、we're letting、is. them guide us in into how we care for them. And then by the time they're a toddler or a kid, we're like, dude, get with the program.、Mm-hmm. Stop being so sensitive. Stop being so spirited.、Mm-hmm. We have to keep remembering that if our kids are ever gonna thrive in life. They need to build the awareness and skills to do that,、mm-hmm. and to build the awareness and skills, we have to do it first as their support staff, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helping them understand. Oh, thank you for sharing with me. Those lights are too bright. What can we do? Do we like kind of cup our hands around our eyes? What can we, what can we do? Helping them build、uh, strategies、yeah. around helping their nervous systems feel more balanced. That is、know? that is the key, and I think we get from people saying,、mm-hmm. "But I want my kid to be resilient."、Yeah. To be able to blend in and acclimate to the real world, so shouldn't I be putting those real world expectations on them right now? And we say, no, this is an incubator. This is a time to keep our kids attached to who they are and do that inner work,、mm-hmm. so that when they get out there and they're still sensitive and they're still superhuman and they're still amazing and they're still fierce in all the ways that they're always going to be, <clears throat> one, they don't have shame about it,、mm-hmm. and two, they have the skills、yeah. to adaptively. Um, work with all of those challenges、mm-hmm. instead of thinking I'm wrong and I have no fucking clue what to do about it. We're building the foundation right now. We're not scooching them ahead ten years and saying, "Here, this is how the world is." Boom. We're building, building that that awareness, building those skills little by little by little by little, like scaffolding a, a building. We don't just all of a sudden slap the roof on and throw the windows on if we don't have a foundation, right? That's what we're building through all of these challenges with our kids, these sensory challenges, these spirited challenges.、Mm-hmm. All of this resistance is saying learning can happen, foundation can be built in、mm-hmm. these moments. The mom says, "Thank you, going to keep fanning her special flame." Yeah, love it. Someone writes,、um, "What else is happening with you? Let us know what's going on with your spirited kids." Okay, someone says, "Outsiders and family think we quote don't discipline our kids." Because discipline doesn't look like yelling or spanking or timeout. Yeah,、oh, that's so natural.、Mm-hmm. We've been culturally conditioned to think that kids learn best about uh, behavior, um, misbehavior especially, getting with the program if we're stern, if we're firm, if we're mean, if we're drawing a hard line, if we're controlling. If we're using our power to dominate them.、Mm-hmm. That's what teaching is, right? Historically, yeah. yeah. And I think it's been such a blessing. It's been such an amazing thing to be reading all this research and literature and all these books and and amazing people coming out and、um, and saying no, that is not actually how kids learn best. There's a behaviorist model that says, well, they actually can learn certain things, kind of like a rat in a study. What to do? What not to do? They will perform. <laughs> they will perform based on stress, based、yeah. on manipulation, based on loss of love or food or what are these things.、Um, But I think it asks us to say, what is our ultimate goal? Yes, performance. Yes, acclimation. All these things. But our ultimate goal is to re- create a human who's in touch with who they are and what they want,、mm-hmm. so that they can then turn that lens into the outer world and say, who is this person? What do they want? What do they need? Right.、Mm-hmm. That is our ul- actual ultimate goal. And so often it feels like obedience, conformity, subservience. Those those feel like. Those feel like the ultimate goals, yeah. And the conversation we come back to over and over again, which is, instead of socialization being our primary goal, can we just set that aside? They're gonna say have good manners. They're gonna say please and thank you. They're gonna wipe the food off their face. They're gonna take their shoes off at the door. They're going to、uh, be a, a gentle lover. All these things are gonna happen <laughs> if we number one model all those things and number two focus on our kids' self awareness. Their inner wisdom and authority and what they need, which feels so permissive when our kids are wigging out, big feelings, 
splashy, messy behaviors, turning to them and saying, how are you? What are you needing right now? Focus on the foundation. It seems so backward as opposed to what we're being conditioned to believe, which is focus on that external lens. Here's the impact. Focus you, on the roof. Focus on the windows, what it looks like. You hurt her. Yeah. That looks like this. That felt like this to them. This is okay. This isn't okay. Right. right. Meanwhile, none of the inside of that house is being built. None mm. of it. Right. That's how houses crumble. That's how, how folks grow up and they don't have the inner wisdom and inner authority to find fulfillment and to actually serve, not mm. just themselves, but other people. We've got a few little notes here. So what do you do? My son gets, quote, out of control and hurts others. He's only two and he is so rough with older kids. Yeah, that's yeah. a two-year-old's job is to get J-O-B. out of control. <laughs> and so I think we always have to think mindset first, which is two-year-old, no impulses, brain under construction. No, like, lots of impulses, no impulse sorry, control. No impulse control, thank you. <laughs> brain under construction cannot manage impulses. Child, just just like a baby, when they were a baby, needed us to hold them to calm them down right? When they're angry and have a need they can't explain, they're going to hit just like they used to cry. And it's our job to co-regulate and say, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to create security around your needs so that you grow up thinking that your needs matter mm-hmm. and you know how to actually get them met. Adaptively. Through, through <laughs> connection rather than through correction. Yeah. So with a two-year-old, you got to be there more often. It sucks because we're like, finally, they're mobile. They can kind of pull their pants on somewhat. They can like use a spoon. We're like, we're golden. We're done. Oh my God. And then they start hitting people and, yeah. and doing wild things. They get plants. quote unquote out of control with right. other people. And I think that external pressure yeah. is such a big thing for us. Yeah. For me, it was a huge reckoning because both of my kids are sensitive and spirited and we're quote unquote out of control. Like they were the biter on the playground. They were the pusher at the birthday party. They were yeah. the wigger outer at every. Lucky um, you. Maybe a little badge. Yeah. <laughs> um, outside splash filled fun summer holiday thing. Yeah. Um, and a holiday meal. And that, that external lens that we have to deal with is huge and it's really hard. That feeling of you're being permissive. Your child's out of control. Why aren't you disciplining them? Problem child, problem right. parent. And it took yeah. a lot of, a lot of work and still does to a degree to create that, that inner trust mm-hmm. and confidence and that outer force field that says, I don't give a shit what anyone says. My main job is supporting this little human being and whatever they're going through. And that's all that matters right now. I remember something that folks had told us in those early years was that we, they're like, you're so laid back. And basically that was like a nice judgment for you're being permissive, which this person had expressed concerns about. And I think we have to keep remembering that our job as a parent is to serve our child, not to serve our in-laws, not to serve our neighbors, not to serve some strangers at the park. Our job is to serve our child. And I think I've always loved recalibrating my definition of discipline as being not trying to change my child, but it's self-discipline mm-hmm. and saying to people, I'm working really hard behind the scenes and I'm, I'm reading a lot of research on how kids thrive the best. So get, getting like a little phraseology, like mm-hmm. moment down to say, oh yeah, so I've been reading about how kids learn and so I'm letting them express themselves yeah. or, or just, you know, like or just having some of, things that make you feel good. I, I feel like just practice exuding this presence of I've got this. I'm on top of this, whether it's with a mother-in-law yeah. or strangers at the mall. We can be saying that with or, our body language. Or yeah. a co-parent is saying, I'm right on top of this. I've got this. I'm like the, um, the like EMT. Mm-hmm. Like EMTs are not flipping out or ER doctors. They're not like, Oh my God, why they, did they cut their leg right, off? Or blah, they're blah, not blah, like blah. punishing. How dare you cut your leg off? What the hell? What are you doing? Oh my God, that's wrong. No, Stop they're it the right one now. Being Stop like, bleeding. They're the one being like, okay, seeing to the bleed. Okay. Nodding the head, doing the things. Right. That's where we want to be Where when we can. We can't always be there. And then if we have those people in our lives that don't just kind of glance our way and we can kind of show up in a way that's saying, okay, I've got this mm-hmm. and you don't get this, that's okay. If it's an in-law or even if it's a, another caregiver. Yeah, someone says, oops, how do you deal yeah. with a spouse who wants to parent differently than you? Example, I don't like spanking. He thinks it's beneficial. Yeah, I mean... This is like where we, we have a conversation, right? So mm-hmm. we have a conversation with our in-laws and say, I've been doing all this reading on this research. There's so much research out that research out these days that says that, um, that corporal punishment is, is actually really detrimental to kids' self-concept, 
their um, developmental skills, our relationship. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so it's so crazy. We, I never thought that. We didn't mm-hmm. believe that, right? Yeah. There's so many ways we can go about sharing that information. Uh, we also always talk about therapy and saying, mm-hmm. let's go to therapy. Let's figure this out with a third party. Yeah, let's, let's try to be consistent for the kids. Let's get on the same yeah. page about this. This could be great for us. I understand where you're coming from, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm coming from this place and I want to, I want to connect about this. How can we do that? This right? is a hard thing though. A lot of uh, women come to these, these live conversations and say, my husband is like, where's the proof, uh, that respectful parenting quote unquote works. Um, I want to hear about why it's better than basically what my parents did to me that I haven't really thought twice about since then. And it's really hard because part of us wants to, and we talk in these caregiver clash podcast episodes and other posts we've done, part of us wants to be like, okay, we're going to go all the way from modeling, giving resources, endorsing the things they do really well, um, dropping little tips, setting them down for a little bit more of a, uh, like a a serious conversation about how we want to be on the same page to taking them to therapy. And part of me wants to be like, what fucking proof do you have that spanking works? Mm -hmm. Like, give me the proof. Why do I have to prove that the loving way is better? Mm -hmm. I get a little worked up about it. I'm sorry. And I'm really sorry that you're going through this. And I think uh, we have to remember that no two parents are ever going to parent the same way. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that if there are sticking points for you, like spanking, for example, like what we call deal breakers, Liz mm-hmm. Lemon style, we're like, that's a deal breaker. Okay. Yeah. That's something I'm not going to let go. I'm actually going to say, no, I'm going to the max on this. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is big enough where I've read the research or mattresses like <laughs> or the mats, like wrestling. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do that. Like this is serious. Yeah. Then you can find your things. You can, you can, whatever works for you, for you both. Um, I'd say The Good News About Bad Behavior is a book by Catherine Reynolds Lewis that I would recommend mm-hmm. that talks about um, the research studies and the, like, for example, the MRI studies that show that even yelling is experienced in a child's brain the same way that spanking is. So they're feeling punishment and they talk about how kids learn in that book. And it's very, it's a little more sciencey. Um, and I wouldn't say it's like the, the most like, readable book for a partner mm-hmm. necessarily, but that that's one where or, they kind of disprove a lot of the methods. Totally. Yeah. Um, I would also recommend book us for a coaching call. Yeah. We would love to sit down with you and your partner and talk about spanking and talk about alternatives to spanking. Yeah. There are so many. You can also just Google why is spanking, spanking is bad or yeah. is spanking healthy. And there will be articles usually like aha parenting, like a lot of articles Hand saying hand parenting, like all the research discipline. shows spanking is really detrimental to kids, right? Mm-hmm. So not to scare anybody who's spanking, but to say there are alternatives to these things and there's research out there showing that they're not yeah. effective and um, beneficial to kids. And moment moment of yeah. grace that we've all been conditioned to do all of these things yeah. like we talk about all the time. This is our, our conditioned toolbox. And we can't blame our partners for that in that way. That's no. all they know, right? Yeah. They haven't been listening to all the podcasts. They're not on this like peaceful parenting but train. Maybe they can be. And that's something that we can bring up with them. Yeah. Blair Guard says, I have a sensitive sensory seeker, five-year-old. We know them well. <laughs> when he hurts himself, even minorly, his reaction is so quote unquote dramatic, loud, over the top to me. How can I <clears throat> respond to him as a sensitive person myself? Yeah. That's so hard being a sensitive parent to to kids that are that are sensory seeking, sensitive, spirited, struggling uh, with life and, and emoting a lot and having to uh, bear witness and support that. They're not making a big fuss. That's how they're experiencing the world. Yeah. And I think that's the number one thing is respecting the fact that our kids respond a particular way mm-hmm. um, and that we respond a particular way and giving ourselves grace and them grace as well, that that's how it rolls. That, mm-hmm. That's what's happening right now. Do you ever feel like you respond quote unquote over the top about things? I do all the time. Absolutely. And I reserve the right to respond over the top. That doesn't Especially mean. Especially in safe situations right. with a partner. It with doesn't a mean the feeling is not, uh, is not valid. It means the feeling is there. And this is how I'm going at it right now. This is the way it's coming out. Mm-hmm. I feel like a couple of days ago, I kind of did that to you and it was, it was like a big deal. Sure. We're all human. Yeah. Um, I think too that besides respect, I think preparation is the name of the game for a child oh, that sure. is, um, is struggling a little more. Five, struggling old, with the big out. feelings, wigging out, really experiencing something strong. And I think preparation as far as talking to them about that before those things happen and saying, sometimes this happens not to, to make it a bad thing at all. So how can I show up for you? What would help your body in those moments? Mm-hmm. What, what do you need from me? What do you need from the environment? What can we do? So 
creating a little bit of a, a, a rewiring of the neural circuitry in your kid and in you to say what can happen. So then when they're struggling, when they're five and they're blowing their top, right? You're not having to think of new things and offer them to the child in the moment, which they're not familiar with. So mm-hmm. having kind of a plan and a few options, and then in the moment when it's happening, when they're freaking out, slowly offering those things. Kelty calls it unplugging. So mm-hmm. doing our self-right game first, right? Um, we have to have our oxygen mask on first as the parent so that we can support our kid, right? We take a deep breath. We see it coming from mm-hmm. a mile away if we can, mm-hmm. right? We prepare ourselves and then we support the child. We get them to a place that's safe or we move siblings away if we need to. Mm-hmm. We ourselves take a deep breath. We step out of the room. We move anything, you know, dangerous away from them. And then we downshift. Yeah. We talk about downshifting to neutral where, where you're like, this is feeling like a lot. I'm a sensitive person or I'm maxed out because it's five o'clock or whatever. I'm going to actually picture myself being like, <laughs> and just, I, 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 I emotionally, like a- I emotionally <laughs> mentally slump where I'm just, I'm absorbing, I'm nodding. You're not I'm negative. There. You're not detached. I'm going you're through the motions, but yeah. I'm putting up a little bit of a force field so it doesn't emotionally tax me. So I'm not in mental mode of, is this real? Is this not real? Is this too much? Is it over the top? Is it, are they struggling? Okay. What's going on? It just makes me be like, I'm just going to weather this in a loving way and see how it plays out. I totally picture it like one of those little cars on like a, a roller coaster at Disneyland <laughs> where it's starting, you're not in charge of it. You're literally just like, I'm clicking in and it's going to take me on the ears downs. Like, I'm just along rrr, for this ride. It's going to be okay. You're going up. I'm just closing at certain moments. Uh-huh. You know, I'm eating my cotton candy other moments. It's I'm looking at the sky. <laughs> right. um, hopefully that helps a little bit, but I think the self-reg game and the preparation game and yeah. the respect game are the three kind of things I would I would focus on in those moments. And then the circle back game where, again, you get back to that. How'd that go? How can I support you? What are you needing? How does that go? Yeah, someone else said that they were going through the same thing. Their husband isn't afraid to spank, but they don't find it necessary. The other person Mm -hmm. said, thank you. I don't feel so alone. Someone says it makes me feel so much better. Great. So great. Someone shares, highly sensitive seven-year-old, lots of tantrums and meltdowns, trying to offer outside play and ways to help him regulate. He gets super frustrated with our older son. How do I help him? Yeah. So seven and an older age. Mm -hmm. I think that's so amazing that you're thinking about the nervous Mm -hmm. system. You're thinking about sensitive child, spirited child. What are they needing? They're needing sensory regulation. They're needing opportunities to purge stress, Mm -hmm. right? They maybe have a nervous system that gets has a lower threshold for stress, right? So they can't just pile the stress on. It it, like gets to a cap a little bit sooner. So how can they express that? I think that's wonderful. I would also continue to think about not just the the nervous system regulation, but just the connection, the filling the cup. Mm -hmm. How can we be connecting a few minutes here and there and where I'm checking in with them and kind of recreating that sense of security and stabilization through our attachment. I would suggest that too, if you're, if you're not doing that or doing that more. Um, and then talking to them, I think a seven year old mm-hmm. can help uh, be a collaborator in that problem solving strategy saying, so you're struggling with your older brother or older sister. And oh, I wish um, I'm, I'm really wanting to, to support you. How can I help? What can we do? I notice every time around this time of day, or I notice when mm-hmm. you guys are playing a game together, Things get kind of heated. What can we do? Right. And we're kind of connecting about it and running the resist approach basically outside the moment as opposed to in the moment. We can do it both times. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, validating the feelings in the moment. You're frustrated. You didn't like that he this. Mm -hmm. Okay. What can we do? And with a a seven year old, they might feel too sensitive to hear you saying the feelings, Mm -hmm. right? We just got a DM that, Mm -hmm. uh, of someone who was like, my kid freaks out when I say, Oh, you're frustrated at this Mm -hmm. and narrates. Maybe they're too old um, and or they're too sensitive and saying, I need a little less of, of this mama situation. Um, so uh, could you just maybe nod and just show me with your presence that you're in this with me and you can be here with yeah. me? I think we underestimate with a seven-year-old that really all they need, it's not to fix the situation. Mm-hmm. They're still wanting mama. Yeah. To, to co-regulate and to say, it's okay. All of this is okay. It's going to be okay. I'm here. They seem so big and so old. Yeah. And I think that like, we're just pulling it out there as like, what if they're frustrated with their sibling because they're playing a game and it's not going well? Like that came up recently in a bunch mm-hmm. of DMs, but so we just get in there and just sit there. And instead of 
feeling this pressure that we so often feel to fix it, negotiate it, referee it, decide who got what and why and how to make it better. We don't have to do any of that shit. We really just have to sit and say, how's it going? Okay. I'm here. I'm here. It's and not just passive. Kind of pick it's Pick up powerful. a piece and look at it. And we're just giving our presence. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's enough. And then maybe nodding and saying, what could we do? Like float a little thing out mm-hmm. there. It's like a little life jacket. Just pushing it out on the water every mm-hmm. now and then to see if someone grabs onto it. Right? We've all been there as adults where we're like yeah. <clears throat> stressing out about a work proposal or a, a deadline or something going on where we just wish we could hold someone's hand. Mm-hmm. And like if we could just hold their hand, we'd be able to figure it out ourselves. Yeah. And that's what we are for our kids when they're a little bit older, like five, six, seven. And they can't say mama and like put their arms and legs around. They're us, not like, crying and need like a little tear hug, tearful they're, hug. They're struggling and they're saying, I still need that connection. I still need to feel like I'm not alone in this struggle. Mm-hmm. I need more help in normalizing the feelings I'm having right now. That's all we're called it, to it's do. It's such an energy shift from what we think we should be doing. Yeah. We think, oh, my responsibility is to just do all the things and fix it and make it better. And everyone's got to play nice together and do all the things. And it's such a, um, a shift in thinking. And it's such a relief in some ways to just think my only job is to just be present and be neutral and be loving and warm and stop people from hurting each other. That's mm-hmm. it. That's my only job. And then later when people are calmer, later at bedtime or we're driving, it's feeling like a thing. Mm-hmm. We could bring it up and be like, how's it going? Or what's been happening? Or how do you feel about Or with this a sensitive thing? kid, we could do more, you know, symbolic play. We could do more storytelling if they have trouble with us talking mm-hmm. about it directly, right? Yeah. Uh, someone says, sometimes I feel like, quote, a few minutes here and there doesn't work. Some days it feels like they need almost a hundred percent of my attention and connection. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. That's how it is. Blair God says, thank you so much. <clears throat> thank you. Keep remembering like our, our attention and connection, keep focusing in on being there a hundred percent and then setting those loving boundaries. Yeah. Someone says they're going to use the roller coaster analogy. <laughs> Laughing face. <laughs> Someone says, thank you. That's the struggle. He's little, but also a big guy. He's our middle and he's really struggling. He also just returned to school in person, not passive. It's powerful. New mantra. Be present. Yes. 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 It's not passive. It's powerful to be there with our kids, just helping them um, move through their feelings and move through life. We We've can... all been conditioned to believe through white patriarchy that being a hard ass, using power as punishment, right? Using correction is how you get shit done. And that is a total lie. And so we have to keep remembering that's the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. That we have to use our power as, as a privilege, right? And consider our power and its influence, right? That we can use connection. We can use um, our modeling and our attachment to de-escalate situations because de-escalating situations allows for problem solving to happen, for learning to happen, for brains to be on board. It's so counterintuitive. It's against everything we've all learned and been conditioned to believe that that's the work we're doing. Every challenge, every situation with our kids. Someone shared this. My three and a half year old is spirited and sensitive. We've been working on helping through the underlying needs. That's mm. all we can oh, see. Why is that so short? Um, Wait, what does it say? Needs of his meltdowns and validating is what all yeah. I can see. That's so great. I think that when our kids are melting down, regardless of the age, it could be two, it could be four, it could be six, it could be 10, it could be 30 something, close to 40, (laughs) whatever we are. Um, Yes, helping through validating those underlying needs is the number one job we have to do. So we respect that they're their own person with their own lens, their own personal reality, right? We do everything we can to set them up for success through that respect step. Then we lean into empathize when they're totally wigging out, right? All we can do is calm everybody, right? Calm them down, validate. We nod, we say, I hear you. I get that. Even in our minds when we're like, what are they even complaining about? It's a blue spoon, not a bluish spoon. Like what, like what are we talking about here? Doesn't matter. Every human being wants to be validated, needs to be validated often, especially with the spirit and sensitive kids able to move on and process the feelings they're having, the stress that's in their bodies that needs to come out. So we might sync up if there's a real issue. I see you're moving towards the fish tank. 
they're gonna help you away from that or you keep trying to hit your sibling oh uh, we gotta we gotta keep her safe we're gonna make a little space or we really do have to get into the car i'm gonna help your body in there or that was the last show i'm gonna take the ipad away right that's that's when we're trying to kind of sync up and say here's what what i where i'm coming from which is usually instinctively what we say first got to do this thing mm -hmm. so instead we're going to respect and empathize first and then say well i've got this concern here's where i'm coming from and we try to meet both needs we're, right and then we dive into innovate we yeah. say this is just a matter of two people getting their needs met who needs who's got ideas what do we have here what can we do let's build some skills and innovation so that our kids grow up learning how to solve their own problems right. and work with other it people it seems so permissive mutual problems but when our kids are resisting us we think there's an inner resistance here that we want our kids to look at carefully in the future when they don't want to go to the gym, when they don't want to do their taxes, when they don't want to write a note to grandma or mama. Or um, when they're feeling like, I don't know if I should be at this party. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know if I feel safe in this, you know, boardroom. Or, or this car with this guy. Yeah. We, we want, want them, them to, to honor that to and be notice thinking, that. I'm, I'm having some resistance. I'm going to get curious about that. Yeah. What can I say? What can I do? Um, how's this job going to work better for me? Can I ask this guy to drop me off over here, actually? Because I don't actually want to go to that party. Whatever the thing is, we're going to be innovating and building skills with our kids to get through this thing, right? And then if we have to hold a boundary, we'll summarize and set a limit, like I mentioned earlier a little bit, and trust that we get to do this over and over again. And that working side by side with our kids, meeting them where they are, is where the fucking magic is. Mm -hmm. And we get that chance so many times a day, right? But that's what it's all about, not forcing that external lens, but connecting to their internal lens when we're able and um, verbalizing that internal kind of like inner wisdom and mm -hmm. inner authority and saying, your voice matters, your impulse matters. I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to keep things from getting shattered. But that impulse to speak for yourself, to advocate for yourself is important. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to dim that, right? Mm -hmm. That's That's our work. And then mm -hmm. when they're totally wigging out and none of those conversations can, can happen, that's when we nod and we're just there. We're just loving on them. We're trusting. That's the best yeah. we can do, right? Let's see. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying just to like... down. There oh. we go. <laughs> Someone says, is there a place we can watch the replay? It'll yeah. be on our feed. It'll be on Instagram. Late to the party. Hello. And on our podcast. I just got here. Missed the bit on spanking. Very interested in what your thoughts were. Yeah. Listen back, please. Yes. Not helpful. Um, yeah. Not great. Spanking is physical abuse and there are so yeah. many alternatives. Yeah. Like there's so many great alternatives. Absolutely. Uh, someone says, I have a hard time separating feelings of resent and, and contempt for my four and a half year old when she insists and screams, causing my five month old to cry. I know I need to come to get with sympathy, but it's challenging. Yeah. I think that, yeah. that we're so triggered by those things. I think uh, it feels um, so counterproductive. It feels... <sighs> Um, offensive, it feels stressful and mm -hmm. puts us in a position as the advocate of both kids to be, how do we meet both kids needs if one of them is undermining the other ones, right? Especially the baby, it's hard yeah. feeling that triggering. We have to remember four and a half year old, wow, undergoing a bit of a transition with a new sibling. It's like, it would be like if, if my partner brought home another partner and said, Hey, bringing them in. How's it going? You're going to love them. It's going to be so great. And I'd be like, uh, no, I don't think so. I'm going to mm -hmm. rage on this bitch, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is not okay, right? That's what a four and a half year old or four year old feels when a new member comes to the family because it threatens the attachment they have with you. Mm -hmm. And you can work through that and it's all okay. It's okay to have more than one kid, right? But we have to be sensitive to the experience that the, the older child has mm -hmm. in transitioning to bringing in another member of the household yeah. and and experiencing another reality where they have less of you. Yeah, it's a so lot. It's but hard. I, but I think that when and it's going to come out in a lot of ways that are really yeah. weird and strange and hard and triggering, right? Yeah, but when that five-month-old cries because of the the older kids behavior and harsh words or like screaming mm -hmm. um, four and a half year old insisting on stuff screaming i think that's okay move the five the five month old out of the way St stash him in a you're in wanting a, to yell right area. now okay i'm gonna move five month old who's sleeping over here yeah um what are you needing right now and dive into that need we have yeah. to keep remembering with a, any kid to look beneath the waves to the 
the underlying cause of the behaviors. We mm -hmm. cannot get tricked by the behaviors our kids, mm -hmm. the words our kids are showing us. Those are symptoms of an underlying need that they don't yet have the skills, right? The ability yeah. to communicate adaptively because they have small brains that are still in progress, right? Yeah. And we get a lot of questions being like, am I scarring my, un my, my younger child? Like the baby is crying when the older kid flips out. Yeah. The toddler is freaking out when the even older kid hits is, them is hits yeah. them or is losing it. Who do I see to first? And I think that we can always um, prevent, work on prevention, keeping that baby away, keeping that younger kid away in being those, there, in those right troublesome there. times, being there actively to help separate or create space. Um, with love with and love. understanding. Not like, why are you doing this? Um, oh, can't let you hit Scooping them. up the little one, passing them off if we can to a crib or a room or a, a partner or another caregiver <clears throat> and focusing on the older one. And I think it's so easy to think, but the little one really needs help and is so scarred by this, but they are always looking to us for our behavior mm -hmm. and our modeling of, oh my gosh, your older sibling's struggling. Five-month-old, two-year-old, doesn't matter. We can be projecting that sense of Confidence. Oh, they're having trouble so that they can, like we had this amazing moment the other day where the kids were like, oh, so he was struggling earlier and then they were kind of recounting part of the yeah. day to us. And I was like, you mean when they were like a crazy lunatic attacking everyone? Our kids are talking about that as struggling because that's how we represent it to them. They didn't know it what was they our, needed. It was our take on it that they took and said yeah. they were just struggling and it was okay. They felt so secure in the situation because that's what we were projecting security. Yeah. You know, so we have to keep remembering that. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. You're doing an amazing job, everybody. One last thing someone says, can you provide more details on how to use storytelling with sensitive kids? Examples. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like you do a lot of storytelling healthy because your kids are so sensitive and spirited, but I think oftentimes we want to be teaching these lessons and we know we can't always do it in the moment. Our calling in the moment is to calm everybody down. Mm -hmm. That is, we'll keep everyone safe, right? And so then we're like, okay, the learning, the teaching can happen later. In a when circle say, back moment. Right. Where we say, how did it go earlier today? Everyone was, you know, crying when that, that Lego tower, you know, collapsed. Yeah. Or when you were like wielding the pan <clears throat> and hitting him around the head, that was kind of stressful. Yeah, like pancake time went a little yeah. awry. Um, you know, and sometimes kids can totally buy into that and they're like, yeah, it did. And they just, Ooh, this thing happened. I want to talk about it. And with sensitive and spirited kids, oftentimes they can feel really a sense of insecurity, a sense of shame, a sense of guilt. Especially if our reaction hadn't been like the most ultimate that we would want. So if we'd like walked into that and screamed mm -hmm. or gotten mad or been <clears> like, what the fuck or, are you doing? Or, or created any negative association around it. If we create negative association around learning moments, then our kids will be less likely to learn from them mm -hmm. and want to talk about and process and learn more yeah, from them. Debriefing can only happen in yeah. a safe psychological yeah. situation, both in the moment and earlier when the actual thing happened. It's so hard. Right. So I think that <clears throat> storytelling is this avenue that we can use. It's a little more indirect. It's a little more um, working Nuanced. with, yes, it's working with their, their creativity, with their brains and not feeling and going to trigger these kind of insecurities and stressful moments. Kids can really pin themselves in the moment and be like, oh my God, and they relive that moment. I know, it's like, right? I think we all grew up with the circle back, <clears throat> not circle back, grill back. Yes. Um, where we're, someone would come up and be like, so earlier, uh, I don't remember if you this, but um, I wanted to talk about when this thing happened and you're we like, need to oh, talk God. about it. Yeah. Like we, we are sensitive people, the yeah. two of us, Han and I. And so when people say we have to talk or if you call me back, yeah. that'd be great. We're just like, oh my God, oh, what, God. Did what did I do? What happened? Oh. Um, so I think that handling sensitive kids sensitively is our calling. It's, it's important. <clears throat> and I think um, we meant, touched on it earlier. A lot of people are like, but we got to condition them for the world. Not everyone's going to handle them that way. But I think that we need to keep building their awareness and attunement to um, normalizing the mm -hmm. fact that people are going to want to touch base and touch back on things that happened. So we want to build their strength and their security and their confidence in doing that. That's our job right now. So we want to keep it positive. We want to say, I was thinking about that thing or this, or like you said, storytelling. I was thinking about this time that that uh, I was on swim team. Do you remember I've told you about that? And they're like, oh, yeah. It could be during story time. It could be mm -hmm. meal prepping. It could be in the car when they're like stuck there with us. <clears throat> and and we tell a little parable about a time that we struggle with that, too. Not necessarily with the moral of we us. We don't do connect it to say, like, 
directly. We, and we like, don't have to have a moral <clears throat> of us doing something differently than they did with uh, a better outcome, quote unquote. <laughs> but uh, we just have to relate and just say, I felt that too. We're normalizing all and that. Oh, that actually reminds me of, of something we struggle with earlier. Do you want to talk about it? And if they're just like, hmm. You know your kid. Mm. You know if they're able to do that. That's cool. I think that the kind of pair to storytelling is symbolic play. Mm -hmm. So storytelling starts with us, mm -hmm. where we're like, we're going to process it through telling stories. And I think symbolic play starts with our kids, where they're saying, I have this thing to process, and I want to do it through play. I want to literally beat this baby, because mm -hmm. I'm so angry about this new baby in our lives. Mm -hmm. I want to hit this uh, other toy and replay what happened on the playground. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to be the parent and you be the kid. And I'm going to put you to bed, little animal. Mm -hmm. Like, and that is such a beautiful way for their unconscious to process and experience and normalize it. So those are two avenues we would highly recommend diving into a little bit more. That's helped us a lot with our kids. What else? Someone says, I love how you model your parenting approaches with us in responding to our comments, validating our feelings, sympathizing, etc. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So people are agreeing. I'm pregnant, someone says, not due for a while, but I'm nervous about how my youngest going is going to react to new baby. She's going through the terrible twos. Sure. I think that um, new baby, big deal. New baby, big yeah. deal. And I think that uh, it's it's usually in our, um, our instinct to say, I'm going to convince them. That's my job to how wonderful this new baby is going to be, right? You're going to be the best big sister. Right. This baby coming is the best thing ever. Like, I'm so excited. It's going to be Amazing. great. You're going to have a best <clears throat> friend soon. It's going to be so wonderful. And I think we have to keep remembering that we don't need to convince them because mm -hmm. that might be convincing them out of their feelings. And we want our kids to feel secure in their feelings, right? And be able to, if they can feel secure, then they can ultimately communicate them adaptively. So what we want to stick to is the facts. This is what's happening with my body. This is this little baby that's growing in here. Mm -hmm. This is when I, the date and the months, and I'll show you the calendar of mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And when that happens, and we're all going to be okay. You're going to go to grandma and grandpa's right. for one night so they or a couple have nights. Some sense of, of security around the, the logistical situation. So that's yeah. logistical. And then there's the emotional situation that we want to prepare our kids for, which is saying, I'm here for you. It's a big deal. It, it, it could be a lot. It's going to be wonderful and it's going to be a lot. It's going to be new. Mm -hmm. I'm here to process all of these things with you, right? And that's with our kid. And then remembering to ourselves that stress and this impending new thing is going to look really different in the way our kids express it. It could be through resisting bedtime. It could be through not, like not letting us go to go to daycare. It could be through food uh, controlling behaviors and not wanting to eat certain things. Or our like kids diapering re uh, regressions, regressions. <clears throat> or yeah. toileting regressions. It's going to look different. Stress is going to look different. And stress doesn't mean we're doing this all wrong. We shouldn't have had that baby. We're ruining mm -hmm. our kids' lives. It's just showing us our kids needing some more support. We're going to dive in there. They're showing but, us where they need it to not punish, right? Not to control, but to connect. Yeah, but this woman said that that she's worried about how the older kid is going to react and we get that mm -hmm. but we want to say that everything they react to is absolutely okay and it's important that they react mm -hmm. it's important they say i don't want a baby i hate this baby it's important that they try to punch this baby these are all of the like the opposite of all the conditioning we've had which is they want to be the best big sister. They want to hold the baby. They're the, they're so responsible. They love them. They go and fetch me diapers all day. Wouldn't that be the dream? That is for some kids. Some kids are able to do that. Hopefully, with while not stuffing down true feelings about what the right. situation is. But we want to be here at least to give permission to validate that this two-year-old who has an impending um, baby coming on... Mm -hmm. um, now and when the baby comes is the same as any kid who's going through a stressful experience like all of us are right now. And to say that that is normal. Mm -hmm. Every expression of our kids' stress is okay. Their anger, their mean words, their misbehavior, their destruction, all of it is important. All of it is signs that they need to be purging stress, that they need love and connection, that they need warm, loving boundaries mm -hmm. about things that are going to hurt them or hurt someone else, and that we can do it. Right? I think keep being, not being afraid to talk about the elephant in the room. And mm -hmm. you're not like telling them all the terrible things they're going to experience, but just saying, holding space for that. This is what's going to happen with a two-year-old. 
you can't get into all the feelings. You have to just give the information, create a little book about it, create a calendar mm-hmm. they can keep going back to to understand because kids don't understand things the first time they need to to reapproach right and to keep going and touching on it over and over and over and then remembering yourself that all the behaviors and all the feelings they're okay they're all of them processing getting the stress of this this new thing out of their bodies yeah and someone just wrote my 10 year old is so territorial and possessive about everything how can i help her we don't require sharing but her anxiety and scarcity mindset is really exhausting for me I think that that's connected to it too, just validating that you wanted more. This is yours and you don't want to share it right now. Mm-hmm. And just validating that and honoring that impulse, whatever it is, mm-hmm. this is her stress language is saying, don't touch my shit or there's not enough this, whatever it is, that's her stress language and we got to honor it. And saying at the same time, we're validating all the feelings. What can we do to support you as innovation, like a mm-hmm. strategy? Love it. Are there certain things and help mm-hmm. her be like, can I separate my feelings from my actual needs? It, do I need this Lego thing to be separate, separated? Or is mm-hmm. it just this feeling in general, feeling out of control when other people borrow my shit? Mm-hmm. What can we do and help her differentiate or him differentiate those mm-hmm. things between this experience versus what can I actually do? What mm-hmm. is in my power and out of my power? That's something we all struggle with as adults. And I think that's something we can help our kids learn to, to differentiate between what can I do versus what can I just accept and move through emotionally. And and we can be honest with our kids in that way. Is this something that you want me to help you figure out? Or do you just want me to be here and listen? Right. Cause I am totally game to do that too. Mm -hmm. I need that from you and Justin. And so often can maybe tell you those things. They can be like, no, I just, I I know it's too stressful to figure it out. I just wanted to share. Just listen to me. That's Mm -hmm. it. Right. Right. I feel like we can all use that a little bit more. Mm Mm-hmm. Someone says, sounds good. Thanks for the advice. It was much more easier bringing home a new baby with my other kids. But with my youngest, I know it's going to be a struggle trying to adjust her to new baby. Yeah, I think it's so great. You know, you know your youngest's temperament. You know that there's going to be a transition. There's always a transition, but sometimes you see it a lot mm-hmm. more than, than with other kids. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something beautiful about a spirited kid showing you what they need all the time. It's a lot more triggering. It makes you have to up your game right away, but you also have this beautiful insight mm-hmm. into their internal experience that a lot of other kids cannot show us. Mm-hmm. All of your other kids, when you had new kids, experienced something, but they may not have been able to show you that. And mm-hmm. we have to keep remembering that that's the beauty of having a spirited child is that they bring us into their world for better or worse. They're like, here it is, to world. Sh- to show up and grow up, right? <laughs> to up our game, to up our awareness, right? It's all about mindset and skill building. That's mm-hmm. what we're working on with these spirited kids. That's what they call us in to do on the daily mm-hmm. is to say, how can I reframe my beliefs about their behavior, about their needs? How can I normalize their humanity and their beautiful spirit that I do not want to extinguish? And then once I believe in that, how can I build the skills to mm-hmm. make it so? How can I build the skills to support them and stay sane in the process? And that's what we're all about here at Upbringing. Yeah. Um, we have a free download. It's a, the Strong Willed Kids, Spirited Kids download. It's in our link in bio and at upbringing.co where we talk about a lot of the, the wording and the mantras mm-hmm. to help us move through those challenges with spirited kids. We've been in it a lot of folks in our community have been in it and like we we believe in you and just we want to create a space around this that's safe that says you know you're not alone that says we see you mm-hmm. that you're not doing anything wrong that your kid's not doing anything wrong that that it's going to be okay yeah right that even when someone just said that their 10 year old is constantly lying that that's okay too yeah even if it's about the silliest things that's just an ask for connection. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a way to say I, I have this thing that I want or need and don't know how to ask for it. I don't feel it's, safe asking right? for it. And I'm worried I might get punished. And it's where we have to continue to focus beneath the behaviors and the words instead of saying you're lying or that's not true or whatever it is saying, how you doing? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What do you need right now? That's the quickest way to extinguish a behavior we don't like, to build skills and self-awareness, um, communication, empathy, um, compassion, innovation, right? connection over control. Getting yeah. in there, right? Yeah. Thank you all for being here. If you have more questions after this, DM us, follow mm-hmm. up with us. We will try to get back to you. 
Um, we're all in this together. We're all growing up together. What did you want to add, Cal? That's it. Yeah, I feel so much better being here with everyone. I just feel really grateful to have this this space and this time to connect with everyone about their struggles that we so uh, relate to. Um, and it's a special place and it feels like such a, a responsibility as much as an opportunity to um, to be breaking these cycles, especially as cis white privileged women. It's really important. So thank you for being here with us. Thank you for growing up alongside us uh, and working to do that with your kids. Yeah, we see you. Thank you for the hearts. We love you. We hope you're doing yeah. well. You're we'll doing an amazing job. Back on Thursday. <laughs>